MSW Media. Hi, this is Curtis Robinson. I'm um, host of Hunter Gathers, the podcast of Hunter S. Thompson Stories, and you're listening to Dan Dunn, a man who uh, drops Hunter S. Thompson's name more than uh, the good doctor dropped acid. McConaughey says, all right, that means we're starting the show. I'm Dan Dunn. This is what we're drinking with Dan Dunn. Coming to you from uh, Hollywood, like in the heart of Hollywood, Lono. Lono. It's Hollywood and Highland. It's where all the people come, the tourists, see the stars on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, get ripped off by people dressed up like Star Wars characters. It's so much fucking fun up here. Um, The reason we're at Lono is because I'm working, I'm doing double duty today. I'm recording uh, another podcast I work with called the Hunter Gatherers Podcast, which is a podcast about Hunter S. Thompson stories, people that knew the great doctor, Hunter S. Thompson, like I did, and uh, we tell stories about that. So today we're kind of getting a little double bang for our buck, and uh, I want to, you know, it's going to be 15 years in a couple of weeks. Uh, February 20th is the 15-year sad anniversary of uh, Hunter S. Thompson deciding that he did not want to have dinner uh, with me and uh, one of my guests, Curtis Robinson. We'll go into that in a little bit. But uh, So yeah, Hunter checked out 15 years ago in February. And uh, one of the things that I get asked the, the, the most about is you, you may have heard of, there was a giant funeral. It was maybe one of the most elaborate funerals of all time that was held six months to the day after Hunter died, August 20th of 2005, they, uh, Johnny Depp threw a party. And my guests who are here with me today at Lono uh, were among the very few people uh, that were at that uh, occasion, that event. And so I'd like to bring them on right now. First up, we have coming in hot from Durango, Colorado, Katie Clancy. Yeah. Hello, everyone. How are you, Katie? Fabulous. Couldn't be better. Are you excited to be here? Beyond. All right, we'll take care of that. Um, And also with us, a man who has been on this show before you heard him in the beginning, top of the show. He is the host of the Hunter Gatherers podcast and and an old crony of the good doctor, Mr. Curtis Robinson. Yeah. I like like getting upgraded to crony status. Yeah. I like that. You're there. Um, so guys, welcome to the show. First off, uh, Hunter, do you want to jump right in? Do we want to talk about, so as I mentioned, Hunter died on February 20th. Uh, I, it was an unfortunate, uh, accident, right, Curtis? 
Yes, it was yeah. an unfortunate accident. He was aiming. Uh, aim is off that day. No, hey, you know, too you soon. Know, too when, soon. Uh, you know. Yeah. yeah, about fifteen years is yeah. about right. It's uh, uh, well, you know, Hunter was never one to hang around when the uh, party was over. Yeah. So uh, he. Uh, killed himself February 20th, and uh, so there had uh, been a, and tell me if I get this wrong, anybody, but there was a documentary that the BBC did uh, back in the 70s when they interviewed Hunter at his, uh, at Owl Farm, where he lived, and he went out in the back, and he looked up, and he said, you know, when I, uh, when I die, uh, they're going to have a giant uh, cannon here, uh, right behind me here, and uh, it's going to be bigger than the Statue of Liberty, and they're going to blow my ashes all over the valley. And uh, am I getting that right so far? Well, let the record show that you didn't lapse into Hunter Impression until four minutes. Four <laughs> minutes in. Well, you know, I like to do it. And it is contagious. It is contagious. So I'll be doing it soon enough, I'm sure. So that's what but happened. That, but it, that, that's close enough. Although it was uh, the funeral um, arrangements, the wishes, the intent was recorded a, a few times in different ways. And uh, but but that's the gist of it is that was his, that was his request. And it would have been. You know, just that, except that uh, Johnny took it literally. Johnny, meaning Johnny Depp, uh, decided that he was going to make this a reality. So Johnny, uh, I think he dropped about $3 million or something like that. He he built a giant uh, lounge sort of bar area in the back. They set up a stage. The stage was exactly in the location where Hunter was standing. So um, that was a very cool thing, but we don't want to get ahead of ourselves. So, uh, Katie, tell us a little bit about your remembrance. Tell us, first of all, your relationship to Hunter. So my father, John Clancy, John G. Clancy, was Hunter's longtime friend. They met when they were in their 20s, early 20s in New York City, lived together in New York, lived together in San Francisco, and became crazy in the desert at some point, and both moved to Colorado, but separately. So my dad got to Durango and Hunter went to Aspen and so they were friends for for a long time didn't Hunter dedicate uh fear and loathing in Las Vegas to your dad I hope not no I thought he would I thought that was no horrible horrible legacy so Um, my dad was also a lawyer and attorney and so you know I'm sure well I am sure that he helped represented and probably denied being his lawyer many times throughout their 50-year relationship okay and uh so you were at the, you were at the funeral, at the memorial service, and your dad was there as well, right? Right. Um, I was going into my junior year of college at NYU. Um, you know, home from school for the summer, one last party with the folks. Drive up to Aspen, and Curtis is there as well. We all stayed at Wade and Ewing's house, and the party was very LA produced. I mean, it was. You know, all the techies were there, all the sound, all the lights. Um, the I remember the boulders at the bottom of the yeah. big cannon were just big styrofoam, you know, boulders. It was fabulous, but it was very, um, you know, I felt like I was walking into a movie set, which was appropriate because all of the all the movie stars were there and Bill Murray and Josh Hartnett and Johnny it was a great party. I love it and every uh, Bill uh, Bill's brother. Um, Brian Doyle. Brian Murray. Doyle. So just to set it up, so um, Hunter's ashes were not actually shot out of a cannon. What it was is they built this giant thing that kind of looked like a tower almost, right? It was you know, they, they used a crane. You see these cranes out uh, uh, all over the place that, that, that go up and then, then the, the, the crane comes out from it. 
they just don't have the thing that comes out. It was one of those cranes that you just put up, and it was it was the tallest structure between uh, Denver and Salt Lake City at yeah. the time. They, they, had to get, they had to get FAA clearance to do it. 155 feet. So the Statue of Liberty is 153 feet tall. So they did they met Hunter's wishes would be taller than the Statue of Liberty. So the the whole thing was draped in these red silk sheets. So nobody could see it. It was very mysterious. And what they actually did, instead of blowing Hunter's ashes out of a cannon, was he was cremated. His ashes were sent to a fireworks factory in Newark, New Jersey, and they integrated the ashes into the fireworks. Okay. So now we're there, and, uh, you know, I mean, again, Katie mentioned some of the George McGovern was there, Jan Wenner was there, Lyle Lovett was there. People got up and they gave speeches. Ed Bradley from 60 Minutes, the, the late great Ed Bradley, gave an, a wonderful speech. Um, and, uh, and then we moved to the portion of the, of the memorial where we all walked back to where the stage was. And then there's a screen there, and Hunter pops up on the screen. And it's in the exact location where he was standing, and he does the same routine I did earlier. You know, there's going to be a giant thing, but it, only it was there. And um, and then they played "Spirit in the Sky." Norman Norman, uh, what's his name? Curtis. What's that guy's? Um, I don't. I don't. Who's the guy that does "Spirit in the Sky"? Norman Greenbaum. That's yes, right. Yes. Katie, how did you not know that? Uh, <laughs> sleeping. Um, Spirit in the Sky. So they played that, and uh, I guess that was one of Hunter's. Uh, that was one of Hunter's uh, favorite tunes. And uh, oh, that one right there. Oh yeah. So they do this. You can hear the music going, and they start doing it like a strip tease. They start slowly stripping away. Better turn that off before you get sued. Okay. <laughs> so they start slowly yeah. pulling the, sh- the, the the sheets away from the bottom up to the top. And then when it gets to the very top, they had the gonzo fist with the peyote button in the middle, and that was glowing, and boom, the fireworks go. Take it from there, Katie. The fireworks go. We're all standing up, looking up as the ashes fall. I look over to my dad, and he's got these ashes falling on his jacket, and I say, look, Dad, you know, look, your best friend is coming down on you. He said, I'm being blessed by Hunter. And little did we know that 40 days after that, my father actually died in a car crash. Um, yeah, and joined Hunter at the... So Hunter was like, yeah, you know, we think I'm, not, I'm not doing this alone. We think that Hunter needed legal counsel to <laughs> negotiate his appealing entrance. A, he was probably appealing his particularly long verdict. <laughs> right, he was like, I need Clancy here. <laughs> So uh, it was very, it was very cosmic, fortuitous, of course, foreshadowing. So you must look back. I mean, that's a crazy thing to have a Hunter being such a seminal figure in your life and to have that event happen and then to lose your dad, like just over a month later. So many memories of that party. Um, they had books at the party that of, from, ev- from every one of his books. And I remember... I don't know if they encouraged people to just underline things or were there already things underlined? Do you guys remember? Like they had all these books. Yeah, they wanted you to go in and underline uh, particular parts. Right. So my dad did that for like 
an hour. He was doing that for a long time. I wondered who did that. Yeah, he was really into that. I didn't do that. I think I was, that was, like I, think I was too busy snorting coke. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah next to it, they had <laughs> oh, like that, So some, that's where the coke It was a hunter party. It was a hunter party, you know. Uh, do you guys remember that, by the way? There was a weird uh, rule that Anita, Anita is Hunter's widow, had implemented where there was no drinking for quite some time during the speeches. Do you remember that? They were not serving yes. alcohol. So I... Uh, wisely uh, buddied up to Josh Hartnett, the actor, very good looking man. And Josh Hartnett was able to uh, sort of sweet talk one of the servers there into sneaking us glasses of vodka to look like water. But I remember thinking, what a weird thing this is that we're having to sneak out. No, no, it was good. It was good. It was a brilliant thing to, to show you that Hunter was actually dead. <laughs> in case oh, there are any doubts because he would have been like what the fuck are you talking about no, here no yeah. there were there were doubts for Jesus I mean, fucking at, Christ uh, yeah at, at, at Jack Nicholson said at the other funeral he had two uh, at the other funeral the one at the Jerome uh, Jack Nicholson said you know I'm, I'm not sure because this is the kind of shit he would pull yeah and I don't think he was joking I think it was like oh yeah that's the kind of shit he'd pull but but after the bar didn't open oh I think we knew we knew there's no way Hunter would have abided oh, that no. sort of situation. No. Um, well, there was that whole discussion. Was, was it the kind of party that he would have come to? Um, probably not. You know, and that, that, you know, you go back and forth, and someone said, "Well, yeah, he'd come, like, right, just as it was ending." <laughs> it's a, well, okay. I, there were, everyone there, was very well behaved. It was very well behaved. So after, so after they do the strip tease, and we see in the fireworks go. Then they immediately go from that to uh, to this song, right? Oh, Bob Dylan. Hey, Mr. Tambourine Man, play a song for me. I'm not sleepy, and there's... And then I started to cry. Uh, and the interesting thing was I was standing there. Uh, I hope this is okay to bring this up. So I was standing with Curtis and Donna, wife, and Ed Bradley. It's just a nutty thing to think about this. And you were talking about your dad being there, Katie, and all of those people would also be gone within two years. Donna died. Ed died. Yeah. Crazy. Now, this this, this episode is not going to be the feel-good hit of the Hunter, season. As a Hunter, dad. <laughs> Hunter really didn't want to be alone up there, right? Yeah, I mean, I, this is going. He was like, you know what? I'm bringing I've everybody brought with beer me. To, yeah. I have brought beer to a whiskey episode. I can see that right now. So I don't, you're right. Then it was kind of a tame thing. I thought it got a little bit crazier as the night went on, but that could have just been me. You know? It was like, a great time. Yeah, I was, I was having fun, certainly. And, uh, I think we all were. I danced with Bill Murray. I mean, what could be better than that? What could be better than that? Actually, what? I danced with my dad, too, which was the last dad dance that we had. And I remember at one point he looked over at me and said, Remember, we're warriors in this family. We're just fucking warriors. Yeah. And I think that was the last real conversation that we had. So I remember it well. You kind of felt like warriors that night. You know, you walked up. The, the, remember that entrance where they had, uh, you, you walked up and they had, they had things, they, they had those huge posters on both sides. And you, you walked up and, and, you know, I think, yeah, it felt like a set. But I, th I thought it felt like a set in a good way because the set was based on Hunter's Kitchen. Exactly. And, and where the hell do you find that many crappy green refrigerators? They had like six of them exactly like that crappy green refrigerator. And it's, it was a great refrigerator, but it was a silly color. And, uh, and they were everywhere. I thought they did, 
I mean, they were professional set people, so of course they did. But it was, it was, they turned these big tents into really feeling a lot like Hunter's Kitchen. It couldn't have felt more like it unless he was throwing a bottle of uh, booze at me. Uh, <laughs> well, you had a different kind of relationship. The, uh, the famous night. Uh, and he, he threw an expensive bottle of booze at you. Well, I don't remember what it was because I was so freaked out. But uh, years earlier, we had been at an event and I went uh, to Hunter's and I showed up unannounced, which was not a good idea. And then I, even a worse idea was I walked up to the kitchen window and I yelled into the window, hey, Hunter. And a gun came out of the window, right yeah, in my while face. Walking up, I mean, you've got to sit. The the kitchen window at at Hunter's was was the the first line of defense. I mean, he could see the driveway from there, and to walk up to it at night unannounced and and declare anything, I it was to invite. It was trouble. a bad idea. Let's say that it was a bad idea. So I, the gun came out. I closed my eyes and thought I was about to get shot in the head. And then I, uh, I screamed that it was me, it was me. And then Hunter came out. He was very furious with me. Um, but the best thing was when he showed up outside, his uh, face was smeared with lipstick. And uh, in the car was a guy named Jason Oslander, who was a brand new reporter for the Aspen Daily News, who was a huge fan of Hunter. This is, he's never met Hunter. I got him to drive me up there. So this has to be the greatest like in his, the greatest moment of his life, he's like watching this. And then there was this woman that I was with. She's there. She's just scared shitless. So they, they saw the gun come out and then they see him come out. and they Because yeah, not everybody's used to having guns. Yeah, and people. I wave them out of the car. They come up. Hunter's got lipstick smeared all over his face. He sees my female friend who I think he took a shine to. So he invites us into the house. We walk into the house. Uh, this is the scene. Walk in the kitchen. There is a... Um, uh, assistant, Hunter's assistant, putting that in quotation marks. She's in a bikini. She's got lipstick kisses all over. Hunter has lipstick smeared all over his face. There's a mound of cocaine. There's a gun. There's whiskey. There's all the things. And I say, um, what are you doing? And he said, the fuck do you think I'm doing? We're working. <laughs> yeah, what does you, it look like we're doing? We're working. You need another and chapter by morning. He was very agitated. It was not. He was very upset with me for showing up unannounced. I decided to keep pushing those buttons, and I said, um, uh, "What? Uh, what do you? What do you got to do to get a fucking drink around here?" And then the eyes went real wide, and he said, "You want to? You want You want a fucking drink? You want a drink? What do you want? What do you want?" And there was a bottle of whiskey next to him, and he picked the bottle up. I'm like, "Oh boy!" And he fucking threw it at me. That's what you get when you interrupt a writer's Right? Role. And it was like the, the Matrix. Man was in I, mid-process. I went yeah. real slow, and the bottle just missed my head, shattered, broke. The uh, woman I was with screamed. I think Jason's jaw was on the ground at this point, like thinking like this. And I said, all right, we're, we're fucking, we're leaving now. All right, bye. And he came over. He's like, no, 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 come here, come here. Come on, no, 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 you, no, no, you're going to say, all right, you can go. Well, leave her. We serve her and make sure she didn't do anything weird. And she wasn't going to stay by herself, so we ended up staying the entire evening. So when I think of the refrigerators, that's what I think of, because that bottle shattered on the refrigerator right behind me. Nobody did that at the, after, at the memorial? No, no, it was people no were well-behaved. No bottles were he. Katie might have threw a bottle or two. It would have broken the fake wall had I tried. The fake wall. Was it? You seem you seem a little you seem, you seem bitter you, about you, this. You don't, you don't no, seem, I'm not bitter at all. You I don't seem to like the studio, uh, the uh, set part of uh, uh, of that evening. 
I loved it. Oh, I loved the um, I, the people that I had the most fun with were all the kids from LA who came and and uh, staged the whole thing. So no, I'm not. I'm definitely not bitter. Do I have yeah. to defend myself with you? Oh. Yes, oh, yeah. God damn it! Oh yes, of course you did. That's what we do. We come on here and uh, get defensive. Um, so what, do you remember what time you rolled out of there? Yeah, the sun up. Yeah, you know, I hate to say this on a drinking show, but uh, I was limited to two beers that night. What? I was. I was the designated driver, and I made a, a deal with my then spouse that uh, I was limited to two beers. I would stress the word beers. <laughs> I kept Ninety-five my, whiskeys. I kept my promise. I only had a no. I only had a couple of beers because um, that was not the only alternative that that evening. And um, you know, there was, there was, that was a strange night. But I left early. I was I was out of there at ten probably or something. What? And, uh, yeah. Yeah. You Not had a, I remember you had a hotel room you'd gotten. I and did. And you gave that to me. I did. That was a big mistake. I went crazy. I got all these hotel rooms. Because you rented I a knew room. I'll go. Yeah. Cur- Curtis rented a room at the Hotel Jerome, very nice hotel, and down right in the middle of Aspen. Yeah. And I just remember you saying, I'm not going to use the room at the Jerome. And if you want to use it, you can use it. And I said, All right. And I, so I went there, whatever time of the goddamn night did in the I morning. Mention, did I mention at any point what the hell I was thinking? No, because right. the best thing was when I got there, the guy was checking in and the guy said, I, I was like, you need a card for, he says, no, it's all taken care of, everything. Yeah. And I was like, Jesus, what a fucking idiot. Like you. And I went no, up, I, I, was I, like, had, I, had I didn't even, all. I couldn't, mm-hmm. you, I couldn't need it. I didn't need another drink any less than I did at that moment. But I went up and I'm like, I have to open a bottle of something expensive because Curtis is paying for it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Hunter, I would be, I would be, it would be dishonoring Hunter's legacy if I did not take advantage of the free alcohol. Yeah. It's one of the first rules of advance. Make sure you, you secure the rooms. Yeah, and I'm, I'm not overachieved. Somehow. Why did you get rooms though? You live there. I thought we were going back up into town and I knew if I went into town, I wasn't coming back out of town. Gotcha. So, you know, and it turns out, you know, people weren't going back into town. They were just disappearing into the mist. Well, and the crazy thing, too, is, like, you know, on the way up there, so I think, what, 250 people got invited to this thing? And on the way up, do you remember all the people lining the roads yeah. on the way up? People like, were on the mountainside across the way with binoculars. People had camped out. Hunter fans had come, and they camped out, and they were holding up signs. We went by because we, we had to take a shuttle bus up from the Hotel Jerome in town, and then... Uh, it was a, it was a really an amazing as far as funerals go. Memorial, memorials, I guess memorial. Yeah, the funeral was. How would you draw the distinction? What's the difference between yeah, a memorial and a, and a funeral? You corrected me, so let's hear it. No, I think you're right. I think it was more of a memorial. But all right, I think the first ceremony has to be the funeral. And yeah, I think the, the the second and subsequent have to be memorials. We had already done they'd already done the thing at the Jerome, right? Maybe you can keep doing memorials over and over again. It sets you up for, for annual celebrations. Yeah, yeah, one funeral, and the rest are memorials. Okay. Wait, you're not buying that? Yeah, I don't know. I just feel like, you know. Have you been drinking? <laughs> <laughs> I am drinking. What is this? Deschutes, Deschutes beer, yeah. Um, and by the way, I should mention again, we are at Lono. This is what we're drinking with Dan Dunn. You can hear a more expanded version of this story. On the Hunter Gatherers podcast, which features uh, some of my favorite people in the world, uh, Curtis and Katie, I'll be <laughs> on that one too. Um, Lono uh, is a bar that is sort of a tribute to Hunter's book, The Curse of Lono. 
Curtis, care to expound upon that? Uh, the Curse of Lona was uh, uh, almost a cult book within the cult book status because they, did, they, they just didn't print a ton of them at the time. It's gorgeous. Uh, it's one of the few books that's co-authored co, uh, by Hunter and Ralph Steadman. They have, uh, it's about his coverage of the Honolulu Marathon. Running Magazine, of all things, sends him out. And the first part of the book is sort of, you know, a lot of Hunter books have the two phases. The first phase is the actual coverage of, of and, and, and it was, in its time, and he had a lot to say about the running craze and people were jogging and uh, other things. The original idea was that he would enter the marathon, but that did, for obvious reasons, that didn't work out. But then the second part of it is, is the uh, attempt at a vacation in a storm. And uh, the bit, the thing I like about the book the most is it, it's got this sense. He tries to make it to the city of refuge, which is this legendary place where if you go, uh, you're out of uh, reach of the laws. And uh, you, it, it's very, but that's it. And and it's in Hawaii. And uh, I've got to say, these guys, these guys really pay it some respect here. Yeah, they do it here, and they're making the movie. Curse yes. of Lono is going to be happening soon. Yes, Curse of, Curse of Lono. It's, that's uh, going to be happening. That's very Rhino exciting. Films. Rhino Films. Our good friends at Rhino Films. That guy owes me money, though. Guy from Rhino Films. Yeah, we will. Yeah, we got some guys. We got some guys seeing him. Wait! We can't stop here. This is bat country. Who's your half of the sunshine acid? How long do I have? Your attorney advised you to drive at top speed. It'll be a goddamn miracle if we can get there before you turn into a wild animal. 30 minutes. It was going to be very close. Yeah! Well, yeah, you, uh... You, 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 you may have owed him money before, <laughs> but now you owe him another now I owe him, Now I owe him from the soundtrack here. I think you went over six seconds, Dan, so I think you need to... Uh, this is from the Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas soundtrack, which uh, Rhino Films also made. Stop it there. Well, right, right, you're, you're gonna, you'll get a, an invoice soon from Rhino Films. It? Um, I think that, it's not bad. I think that was $26,000. That was it. Well, I feel good that we finally know. We've told the story. Katie, anything more to add to your experience that night? Anything happened crazy? Other than dancing with Bill Murray, yeah. what happens? I wish I danced what with happens Bill at the memorial? Stay at the memorial always. Al Farm. Yeah, at the, so. that's true. first rule of the kitchen. First rule of the kitchen. <laughs> that rule went out the window. I think now it's uh, everybody's talking. Well, for you, I always worried he'd be shot. <laughs> yeah. I always worried he'd somehow figure out a way to come back from the dead and kill me if I. Uh, I think started. if you, I think particularly you, if you talked out of school, we would finally know if there's he afterlife. He would. He would get me. He would find me. I like. Yeah, we had that sort of relationship. Um, well, listen. Uh, uh, Katie Clancy, Curtis Robinson. It's fantastic having you on the show. Uh, and thank you for being here. And again, as I tell you all, go check out the Hunter Gatherers podcast. It's people who knew Hunter, had some sort of relationship with Hunter, and they're telling Hunter's stories like these. Maybe yeah, not quite as interesting. <laughs> Anything to add, Katie? Thank you so much. That's it? That's all you got? That's all I got. No, you're so you're so nice. We had two bags of grass, seventy-five pellets of mescaline, five sheets of high-powered blotter acid, a salt shaker half full of cocaine, a whole galaxy of multicolored uppers, downers, screamers, laughers, also a quarter tequila, quarter rum, case of beer, pint of raw ether, and two dozen amols. Not that we needed all that for the trip, but once you get locked into a serious drug collection, 
The tendency is to push it as far as you can. 